All right, welcome to Political Football. This is the uh, live stream we're doing on YouTube now. This will also be going up as a podcast. So if you're listening to the podcast feed and you're surprised to find out it's a live stream, don't feel too bad. Very few people currently know about the live stream, but now you do. You can find us at youtube.com uh, slash political football podcast. Although, uh, Maddie, I did a great job. And if you go to Google and do YouTube political football podcast, we just dominate. Come right up first. Only thing we just absolutely crush. So easy to find through Google as well. Obviously, please like the like the broadcast, subscribe to the to the page. All those things really, really do help us get seen by uh seen by more people. So yeah, so we're gonna be back tonight. We're gonna talk about some uh, NFL news that we missed while we were away over the last month. And if we have time, we're going to preview uh, the USFL coming up uh, this weekend. But first, I want to bring in my co-host, Cleve. Cleve, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. So hopefully, um, everyone um, can hear me good. Um, a little nasally, so I'm full cold core. Uh, the throat is uh, good, but the nose is stuffed up. But it's good. It's good to see you, man. Yeah, man. It's good. To, it's uh, it's good to see you too. We were talking a little bit before we started the podcast portion how we've both been. Uh, very busy recently, but we have not been as busy as the NFL. So we did our last live stream March 16th, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a little test run to see if this would work or whatever. And then we said, oh, we'll come back in April. We'll talk about the draft. All the big news has happened. Tom Brady is back and Russell Wilson is in Denver. Like what else could possibly happen? So on mm -hmm. March 17th, the Packers traded Devonta Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> so... Uh, little little did we know. So the Packers now end up with the 22nd and 28th overall picks in this year's draft. I cannot wait for them to draft a guard and defensive lineman um, and, not, and not a wide receiver. Cleveland, when this move happened, did you like it for either side when it happened? Dislike it? How did you feel about it? Devontae Adams? Yeah. <laughs> I felt like um, basically – they got Rodgers to stay, but they couldn't get both of them to stay. And it was kind of like the big, like, we're going to just get this guy out of here because we're not going to pay him. And I, I hate the fact that, you know, he, he became a casualty of that because he he outplayed his contract. He definitely outplayed his contract. He should have They should have made everything possible to keep him. But, you know, at the end of the day, he got to go where he can get paid. He knows where his, where his bread is buttered. Uh, Green Bay did offer him more money, but then what was the what was the hangup? Uh, he wanted to leave Green Bay because I think their front office probably sucks, like as as like to work with. Like we suspected with all the things around Rodgers, like you know Rodgers was doing this whole song and dance and looking to leave, and I was like, I think it's a toxic work environment. And now Devontae Adams did leave. I really think there might be something to that. Yeah, I mean, we know the Gremlins there, and then Rogers, what, two more years there, if if that? They signed a three year, three years, one hundred fifty million dollars. So three years, okay. So you think he retires as a Packer? Oh, probably. I mean, maybe the team just goes completely, completely to shit, and he's not able to, um, he's not able to do it at, you know. As a Packer, he'll retire, get traded, maybe one more last run. I don't know. Broncos, they seem to always collect old quarterbacks and make one more <laughs> one, one more run at it. But maybe maybe they'll be team like Rams where it's like, hey, we only need a quarterback. We'll be a contender and we'll give you two first for Aaron Rodgers for his last for his last year or something. But I think Rodgers is looking to retire as a, as a Packer. Okay. Um, 
Devontae Adams got four years, $141 million, which is just a, a ton of money for a player that probably has, I mean, two years tops left at the level that he's at, given his age. Mm-hmm. But it's so when the Raiders first made this deal, I hated it. Like if we had done this show on March 17th, I would have been just reading uh, the Raiders, uh, the right act up and down for mm-hmm. this. But now I've had time to think about it. I actually like it a little bit more because the Raiders actually are in their championship window right now. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a shitty one, <laughs> but it is there, right? They've got Derek Carr, who's 31. Josh Jacobs is still on his rookie contract. They're going to have to pay him or let him go pretty mm-hmm. soon. Darren Waller is 30. Hunter Renfro might be Julian Edelman. Mm-hmm. And so then you bring in uh, Devontae Adams, and this team did make the playoffs last year. Yeah. So, like, good, you know, good, we good, look good at the point that they're, that they're garbage, but, uh, like, compared to their divisional opponents, but they're actually not that bad. You make good points. That's a good point. I didn't. I didn't look at it like that. That's that's really a good point. Yeah, because we compare them like to the Chiefs, who are obviously better, although mm-hmm. worse than they were. We'll get to that. Uh, the Broncos got better by adding by adding Russ, and the Chargers were always better. And they got Justin Herbert. They added Khalil Mack in. Um, what's his face? The corner there from from New England, names escape and be the top corner on the market. You know, so. We always think the Raiders are the last team in the division, but they could still be a good team as the worst team in the division. And just because their division mates are good doesn't mean they should just quit. Correct. This, yeah. this is bad timing for them, but like, this is it. Like this is their time to go for it. So <laughs> Paul got me laughing on the show. Paul says, break up the AFC West. <laughs> you want like a Brexit? Hey, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. We, uh, Man, Pete Carroll versus Boris Johnson. I don't know who I'd rather have run in my, my organization. Hey, um, choose good gum. Well, Pete Carroll, I think, is pretty liberal, but Boris Johnson is kind of funny. I don't know. Either way, I don't think I'd want I don't think I don't think I'd want I don't think I'd want either of them. Um mm. now when this deal happened, it wasn't known immediately if Rogers knew that Devontae Adams wasn't coming back when he signed. I don't think he did. He did. So it's it's been confirmed. He did know. He did know. Yes, really? that Devontae Adams had Devontae Adams had told him I'm not coming back. And he made the decision to come back anyways. So my question is, why in the world did Rodgers come back? I mean, they're wide receivers right now because Marcus Valdez Scantling has signed in Kansas City, mm-hmm. which we'll get to. So like oh boy. Uh, apparently Pete Carroll's a nine eleven truther, according to Paul. So uh <laughs> I guess That's I'm gonna good. have to take Boris Johnson. Oh boy. Um uh, you know, also Nick Boris Johnson or the Packers to play wide receiver because it's literally Alan Lazard. And honestly, I don't I don't even know because I think Aquinemia St. Brown is gone. I mean, it's a real name. That is. Yeah, because his brother Amon Ra St. Brown plays for the Lions. <laughs> Amon uh, Ra. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So, like, they're going to try to draft a wide receiver at 22. Maybe they try to draft one at 22 and 28. It's certainly a deep wide receiver class, but – if you're Rodgers and you know you're losing Devontae Adams, I mean, go go to Pittsburgh, honestly. Like, just go play with Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris and T.J. Watt. Like, why are you going to come back to Green Bay and have literally nobody to throw to? Yeah, it's weird. Must be something afoot. I mean, the, the, pack, the NFC is just pure garbage. So the Packers, like, they'll probably win the NFC North again. And they'll make the divisional round, but then they're going to have to beat one of or two of the Bucks, 
Rams, 49ers, Cowboys, and then whatever just hellacious demon spawn survives the AFC in the Super Bowl <laughs> without Devontae Adams. They scored seven points in their playoff loss last year offensively. Seven yeah. offensive points at home with Devontae Adams. Shocking. Yeah. I get why they would trade Devontae Adams and get good, I mean, great value for him. I don't understand why Rodgers would agree to come back there, but whatever. Um, I'm just waiting on that collapse. So that was March 17th, right? March 17th, March 16th, we do the last show. March 17th, we get Devontae Adams to the to the Raiders. March 18th, Deshaun Watson is traded to the Cleveland Browns for three first-round picks. Man. Yeah, uh, just go. Just just give, give your well, thoughts on well, okay. So obviously, I'm not here to uh, cast guilt or innocence on anybody because I don't, I, I wasn't there. I don't know what that situation is about. But obviously, uh, them having a quarterback that was in a contract year um, sucked because the reports were that they were out of the runnings to get him. He was uh, was in Miami and um, what's was the other team? Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta, New Orleans. I'm sorry. Yeah. So he was, he was looking at a, a couple of options and then, you know, he, they came out, somebody came out and said that they weren't interested in going to Cleveland. And all of a sudden that happened, like, and then Baker's like, probably like, what the fuck? And he, you know, he, he reacted like anybody would like people say, Oh, there was childish, whatever. But I'm like, he, he reacted because the guy played hurt. And you guys heard me last season say that, um, I would have shut it down knowing that my shoulder's not good and we're probably not going anywhere. So why would I risk, you know, playing and putting out bad tape? So I would have shut it down. But obviously he trooped it and he played and then his reward is that. And then he got a uh, a very rude awakening that um no one wanted him. And that was kind of messed up yeah, because no one. And, the Panthers and Baker had mutual disinterest. Damn. <laughs> uh, which know, is funny. And, had mutual disinterest in either of them as well. See, and I was I was a guy against Baker, and then that year I kind of, um, you know, I warmed up to the guy. But um, this is the nature of the business, obviously, and um, I hope that he does land well. You think he's going to stay? Have Have they moved him yet? No, they have not. But apparently, he's trying to do everything he can. Paul's informing us that Baker went on a podcast today and ripped the Browns pretty good. Wow. Um, I didn't I didn't see that, so I was trying to um, arrange. Uh, private tours of the Lincoln bedroom for rich people. So I must've missed that <laughs> podcast, but um, yeah, I mean, he needs to, Baker doesn't need to get out of there, but the thing is I completely forgot about Baker as a member of the Cleveland Browns. I made all my notes. See, I made all my notes for this, mm -hmm. for this topic. Didn't even think about Baker one time. Mm, wow. Like, just like, like it didn't even come to my mind. Like, Oh yeah. How does this affect Baker Mayfield? What's Baker going to do? How does Baker feel about it? Like I just, he was immediately out of mind because he is so much worse at quarterback than Deshaun Watson. And then all the other shit Deshaun Watson brings, like it's all I thought about, <laughs> but I mean, you're right. Like Baker, the Colts didn't want him. Yeah. So they, so they uh, traded for Matt Ryan instead, which we'll touch on briefly. The Panthers have mutual disinterest. It's the, the Seahawks are going to stick with Drew Locke apparently. Mm -hmm. So where does he go? It, and he and New Orleans is take is keeping um well they're gonna bring back um Jameis. Well yeah, uh, he should be recovered from his injury by now. Yeah. But you tell me that he I mean, obviously 
Do you? All right. So let me ask you something. Do you think Baker's a number one still? QB1? Would you take him over Zach Wilson? Mm. Oh man, the grenade right away. Yeah, I, I think I would. Jets okay. Nation, I'm sorry, but um, I would seeing seeing that play out there. I take Baker in a heartbeat. A good Baker with a good shoulder. Not would you not take him over Jared Goff? Oh shit! Def is not an Jets. option, right? Quarterback of the Jets, Baker or Jared Goff? Well, I've seen what he did for you, you guys. So no, I'll, I'll take <laughs> Zach. I'll keep Zach. Think I'm good. okay. So I'm with Jeff Fisher. And then, uh, um, oh, Jeff Fisher's coming up later too. Um, <laughs> I know he is. Uh, yeah, he's making a return. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think Baker Mayfield probably should be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Like it's it's really rough for him to receive the Mitch Trubisky treatment, mm-hmm. but you know, they're just kind of showing us their cards right now, and that they like none none of these teams want him. Maybe they're just trying to wait to drive the value down and. You know, try to get him for for a little bit for a little bit less. Yeah, um, Don. Yeah, Don coming in with the strong with the strong well thought out takes. Golf sucks, um, which is I mean I mean I think that's confirmed true. At, at, he's at least confirmed below average. I'm not sure. I'm not sure sucks is exactly right. He's but, not a top. He's not a top fifteen guy. No, no, no. Yeah, not, so not he sucks. If he's not a top okay. fifteen, there's only thirty two. De- that's it. It's binary. You're either in the top 15 or you suck. Exactly. There you go. Okay. That's the boomer take. Okay. That's it. I like it. Boomer takes. If you're not in the top half of the team uh, or of the quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks, then you suck. All right. I can I can, uh, I can, can go along with that. Uh, somebody else who sucks as a human being, though, is Deshaun Watson. Um, mm. So the first one I have here is uh, fuck Deshaun Watson. Um, I just – like I will be rooting against him – forever just like Ben Roethlisberger just like Tyreek Hill just like Adrian Peterson right and there's a couple really scummy ways that Cleveland went about this mm-hmm. the first is that what I think got Cleveland back in the running first they gave him five years 230 million dollars fully guaranteed yeah that was yeah I mean so that's a that's a heavy commitment right and they traded three first round picks for him so, I mean, they have invested team's future financially. It's a huge investment into Deshaun Watson. The reason why they got back into this is because of that $230 million this first year. He's only making $1 million. So when he gets suspended for some games, his game checks will be so low compared to the whole contract. It's not even going to hurt him. Yeah. Even if he gets the whole season, he's going to lose $1 million out of 230 that is guaranteed to him. Yeah. Strategic. Uh, also, I think that's a loophole, and I have no idea if the NFL can like retroactively do anything about that. Like, yeah, I mean, they probably could offset and uh, find them, you know, suspend them next season. Uh, maybe, but that, like, there's the whole the thing with the union, and like, are they going to suspend suspend them two years with no criminal, you know, L, you know, criminal indictments or anything? I think that's something that the NFL needs to fix and just be like, you'll be you'll be charged against the entirety of your contract, not this year that you're in. Isn't so? Isn't that type of stuff um, in the contract where uh, I, I don't know the wording, obviously, but um, since it's not it's not in the criminal uh, courts, but it is the league can step in and do something about that. The, the league yes. can say, hey, that's you know that's not what the shield represents, or you know whatever. 
and we're going to suspend you. And I'm like I said, realm of six games ish is what that probably gets him because there's no criminal yeah. complaints. Um, I'm sorry, there's no convictions. Yeah. Um, or charges. Well, there's no criminal complaints like legally. Now he'll get. I think he's going to get six games this year as well. He might actually even get more. Uh, because he didn't, he wasn't ever suspended last year, so he got his full salary last year as well. Wow. But as far as like suspending him next year instead, or for two years, so there's a financial penalty. I don't think they can do that. But the next collective bargaining agreement, they need to make it that you'll be that when you miss six games, you'll get fined across your entire contract, not just like for that one year that you're in for your contract. Mm. Um, because like I said, I, I think that this is a loophole. I don't think there's anything that the NFL can do about it. And as like a pro labor person, I'm not even sure that they should be able to do anything about mm. it. Um, from like that aspect, but so Peter, so Peter thinks he's not going to get suspended. Why would, what would be the argument? What would be the defense of why he wouldn't be suspended? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Peter, please tell us why he's not going to get, why he's not going to get suspended. Uh, that'd be Paul, sir. I'm sorry, Paul. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, he's Peter now forever. This is amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's how nicknames happen. Um, yeah, I didn't think it was going to be suspended before. When we did the show a month ago, we didn't think it was going to get suspended either. I don't see that there's a single way, though, with him probably like going to face civil civil trials. Oh, yeah. He's going to have to cut that cut a check. Yeah. The optics is too the optics is too bad. The optics is too bad. Like for yeah. For that situation, that's mm, it's not good. Yeah, the um, the other thing that was really scummy about this is that the Cleveland Browns, when making this decision, I mean, they made the decision to make all this investment into Deshaun Watson, right? Three first round picks, two hundred thirty million dollars, pretty much the reputation of anybody who was a decision maker within that organization, which means that they must have come to the conclusion that he's not going to do something like this again, right? Or else why would you make this investment, right? The risk would be way too high. Mm. However, they made this decision to make this investment without reportedly without speaking to a single one of the 22 accusers. And to me, that is organizational malpractice because you cannot possibly get an accurate sense of if you think Deshaun Watson is going to do something like this again without speaking to the accusers. And so mm. to my mind, the Browns have made a huge mistake here. I think that he, Deshaun Watson probably is likely to do something like this again because when you have 22 accusers and haven't had to take any responsibility for what happened, you know, I'd be mm. I'd be a little concerned for, you know, the people of Cleveland. So, you know, it, it's just I don't know what, like, what is so pervasive in society to where the Browns would not even uh, speak to the accusers before shelling out three first round picks and two hundred and thirty million dollars, right? The like, culture of all your diligence for making a decision. It's the culture of winning. It's 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 Don. Thank you for that because I totally one hundred percent agree. It's the culture of winning, man. It's like you know, a Super Bowl birth or a Super Bowl win or a playoff win. Uh, things are gonna get overlooked they they felt that they did their due diligence air quotes 
and they said, oh, there's nothing to see here. I think we're good. Again, this is not like it's three accusers. This is 22. It's a pretty right. good number. You know, if 22 people said that you were <laughs> that you did something, um, it's probably likely you know, that's going on. So um, I don't know. I, I just because I have no dog in the fight. I do feel bad for the for the victims of the of all of this. Um, and I don't include him in the victim either, because some people that I know personally says that he's a victim, a victim of he's been targeted. I'm like, uh, I don't I don't know. I just want to make I just want something very clear here. If you think Deshaun Watson is a victim of this situation, you're an <laughs> asshole and I don't like you. And I really hope Will Smith thinks you said something about Jada. Because that's what you deserve. <laughs> yeah, I, I um I got tired of arguing it because again, I I'm, I wasn't there, so I don't know. But again, I just like you know what? It's just like in the NFL, there's so many things that go unchecked, and this is par for the course. Like this is, are we surprised? No, I'm not. I don't know if you are. I'm not. I surprised actually at am all. surprised that the league, that not the league, that the Browns did not talk to some of the accusers. They're the fucking Browns, bro. Like, <laughs> well, I mean that 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 is true and it's also in Ohio. But even <laughs> even with all that, like because you mentioned the culture of winning and doing your due diligence. Well, if he ends up in prison 18 months from now because now there is a criminal complaint for doing the same thing again, you're not getting your money back. What is right? You're, what is, your, you're certainly not getting your draft picks back. What if there's like a there's like a a video that surfaces or something like that that shows what because I, I don't I don't know exactly what each complaint was like is it the same thing over and over again like is he exposing himself or he's looking for a happy ending like what was it I think the nature of each complaint I, I don't think they're all the same but it's all kind of that same general general thing yeah okay. um with some like not good like yeah like it's it's bad um you know. I just, I cannot, I cannot imagine running a multi-billion-dollar franchise and making a huge investment like this without actually. And I'm not saying that Jimmy Haslam should have called up the accusers or whatever, but you get some fancy investigator person. I don't know Jessica Jones, and you have them do it. Like you have, you have to get the like the full story of the situation, even if you don't give a shit about what Deshaun Watson did and you only care about winning. You have to care about if you think he's going to do it again. Because if he yeah. does, you're not going to win. That's facts. Um, I was quickly glancing through my notes. Um, oh yeah, this was a great deal for the Texans, by the way. <laughs> I mean, they got rid of this creepy scumbag and got three first round picks for him. Now, I, I bet Queen Elizabeth would love to get three first round picks for Prince Andrew. <laughs> I can't. I can't. And we're and we're banned. In, we're banned in Britain. That's all yeah, right. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> That's all right. Prince Harry will restore my uh, my earldom. <laughs> so that's March 18th. We get um, Deshaun Watson. March 21st, Matt Ryan gets traded to the Colts. And because this happened with, like, all this other stuff going on, and we're going to get something that happened two days after this that was huge, and, like, nobody really had time to really process this. But Matt Ryan is a significant upgrade on Carson Wentz, and the Colts mm -hmm. were one win against Jacksonville for making the playoffs last year. Yeah, it's good. good I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge deal for the Colts. I mean, they, they are a lot better. Mm -hmm. For getting rid of Carson Wentz. Well, yeah, that too. Man, it, it's funny. It turns out he seems like he kind of sucks too. Probably not like how Deshaun Watson does.
but I, nobody really seems to like being around Carson Wentz. I keep asking you guys if we can use the B word with him yet. Is he a bust or not? What does the panel think? Is he a bust? Is Carson Wentz a bust or not? Well, this seen, point he almost seen, has to be. I mean, yeah, at this we've point, seen enough. <laughs> we've seen enough. Yeah, he has to be. I mean, you can't be in your third team in six years as the number two overall pick and not be a bust, right? Yeah. I think I think I think we're at that stop on this train. Yeah. If he had been successful in Indy and then like signed a long-term deal there, you know, even if he was never like a great quarterback, he wouldn't have been a bust per se. Mm-hmm. But honestly, right now, would you rather have Carson Wentz or Daniel Jones? Wow, I would have to take Danny Dimes. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, we'll take 100%. Dimes. And I can't believe I said that out loud. Giants fans, I can't believe I said that out loud. Carson Wentz or Mitch Trubisky? You know, I like Mitch, man. I like Mitch. Carson Wentz or Marcus Mariota? Oh, shit. Wow, I'm going with... Mm, shit. Yeah, that's a hard pause, man. I, I would... Yeah, I would have to call a lifeline in. Don, what do you think? Don, Don, are you there? Are you there, sir? <laughs> Give me something, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't think – I certainly would not trade Jared Goff for Carson Wentz. I mean, not no. not no. at no. all. No, no. I wouldn't trade – I wouldn't trade – I wouldn't trade a third-round draft pick for Carson Wentz. Like, if we didn't have Jared wow. Goff on the team – Mm-hmm. And we were stuck with David Blau and whoever else is <laughs> on the roster right now. I still wouldn't trade for Carson Wentz. Like I'd rather just sign whoever the star USFL quarterback is him coming and play. <laughs> right. Okay. So basically I think of Carson Wentz the way Don thinks of Jared Goff. Like Carson Wentz sucks. Yeah, no, he's not a top 15 guy. If you don't, if you don't crack the top 15, you're, I don't even think he cracked the top 20. I don't know if he's a top 15 of the second 15. Like he might be thirty-one or thirty-two. <laughs> Shit. Here we go. I mean, I, it, it's got to be close. So, but the Colts are not a bad team, and it seems like a lot of their struggles last year were actually because of Carson Wentz. They have a great running back in Jonathan Taylor. They have a mm-hmm. fantastic offensive line with uh, Quentin Nelson. Uh, well, Don has spoken. He'd rather have. Uh, Carson Wentz than than Jared Goff. No, I mean you guys have seen enough, man. I mean you you jettison your guy out. The guy goes and wins the Super Bowl like that right there. He's enough. I've seen enough. I would. I I I wouldn't trade a fifth round pick for Carson Wentz. I'm telling you, this guy <laughs> this guy is no good. I, and I have to be honest, I'm a little like biased against him more than just on the field because he's one of these like pretentious. Like, about putting your face, sort of religious type people, not like you're like quietly religious or you're like sincerely religious, but it's it like he's like you could just tell he rubs people the wrong way, including his head coach Frank Wright, who is like a like just sort of quiet, like a very like pious person, mm-hmm. and that personality type is one of my least favorite personality types. That like Mike Pence bullshit, like where you're <laughs> trying too hard, or like Billy Graham. Like, bro, mm. we're not – you're not impressing yeah. anybody. You're not more into Jesus than the nice lady down the street. Calm down. You know, go win a football game. Yeah. We get it. All right? Um, so I'm, I might be a little bit more biased in uh, in this case. But, yeah, the Colts, though, good run, great running back, great offensive line, decent defense, good head coach. Matt Ryan going to a dome again. So 
you know, are they better than the Titans? Hmm. Who's the Titans quarterback now? Ryan Tannehill. So they and King Henry's back, right? Yeah, I mean, she'll be back full full strength. Still got AJ Brown. Uh, Julio's gone. They uh, get yeah, no, to the curb. It, I mean, no no disrespect to the to Julio, um, but yeah, I mean, the time has passed, man. I think he's got one passed. more year. I think he's got one more year of being like a good complimentary piece on a good team. So like what number two, number three option? He's definitely not a number one. I think he can do for a team what Odell Beckham did for the Rams this year. You know, show up later in the year, not at the start. He's clearly not interested in football Mm -hmm. too much. So he sits out to Thanksgiving, stays in shape working out, but shows up after that, comes in, ingratiates himself, you know, into the team and the playoffs hit and he's ready to go. Um, Green Bay, Kansas City, Dallas, right? Mm. Something, something like that. And I think if he did something like that, he has one more year of really being able to contribute. After that, he's life comes at you fast. He is pretty close to being uh well well in football uh, years is it he's he's played a lot of football. Yes. High level football too. And he and he's big, which he will continue to be, but he was big and super athletic. And he, I think he's actually the biggest super athletic player wide receiver we've seen get to this point because Calvin Johnson retired at 30. Yeah. So he never fell off. He retired basically at his peak. Mm-hmm. Randy Moss retired at 32 ish, but he wasn't done. Like Randy Moss was not just completely washed when he left. Right. No, he wasn't. Yeah. He had a couple more years. I know. Uh, I guess it's Owens. Terrell Owens yeah. Was, yeah. was washed at the end. Yeah. And I think that's what we might be getting with Julio here. Yeah. No, but yeah. no, no problems there with that. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think that the Colts are actually a, a real sneaky pick to win to win the division because they ain't going to be Jacksonville. They ain't going to be Houston. So, right. I mean, if the Raiders were in that division, the Raiders probably win this division by three games. <laughs> yeah. Um, one last note on this, and this is about the Atlanta side. Um, so, uh, you know, President Ulysses S. Grant is on the $50 bill, president after the Civil War. So mm-hmm. it turns out that Ulysses S. Grant was a great Civil War general. I mean, fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much won the war. He was absolute trash at everything else in his life. Failed at business, failed as a as a uh, uh, lawyer, failed as president. He was awful at everything except being a general. So with that said, Home Depot is a great store, and I'm glad Arthur Blank brought us Home Depot but he's mm-hmm. basically General Grant because he is shit at everything. Like, <laughs> he has, so he tries to bring in Deshaun Watson, who is from Georgia, and loses him to the Cleveland Browns because he gets outsmarted or outscumbagged by the Browns and the way they did his contract. But in doing so, alienated Matt Ryan so bad they have to trade Matt Ryan for like a third-round pick, basically nothing. And then they have to sign Marcus Mariota to come in. They have no idea what they're going to do at quarterback. So you combine that with 28 to three, showing up on the field to celebrate and then losing the game. Honestly, Arthur Blank is only good at developing a chain of hardware stores. I think, like, I bet he can't cook. I bet he can't sing. Like, I bet this guy just sucks at literally everything else. Well, the thing about Grant, Grant drank a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he, like, had, he had that in his corner. He drank a lot. You. Huh? 
It was the 1860s. Water would kill you. <laughs> he drank. Drank his presidency. He drank. Yeah. He's a heavy, yeah. heavy drinker. Yeah. Anyways, I just want I just thought it was uh interesting little uh, uh give me uh, I know we're live. Give me two seconds. I gotta grab something. No, you're My good. Notes. Yeah, you're good. I can uh I can sit here and talk for, for a couple seconds. So the next thing we are gonna talk about when Cleve does come back to the live stream is this Urban Meyer article that came out. And so if you're live with us in the chat right now and you're familiar with this story, did you think Urban Meyer was joking when he said he didn't know who Aaron Donald was? Because I don't think he was joking. The reason for that is that that kind of joke is self-deprecating, and I don't think Urban Meyer is the type to make a self-deprecating joke. I don't think he's capable. I don't think he's able of like making fun of himself or his lack of knowledge because he has to know that people didn't think that highly of him, like his knowledge of the NFL when he showed up. He's college his entire career, shows up in Jacksonville. So he probably didn't know who Aaron Donald was or should have. So the joke would make some sense. However, I don't think Urban Meyer is capable of making fun of himself to be like, ha ha, who's this number 99 guy? He seems like he could be a problem. I think he was probably sincerely like, Asking, like, who is this number 99 guy? I think he could be a problem. What did I miss? Uh, just I just introduced the Urban Meyer, uh, is huh. more of a scumbag article that came out where he didn't know who Aaron Donald was. Man, um, more reason that you're not in the NFL no more, buddy. Jesus, yeah, um, yeah, I just, I mean, Urban Meyer is an elite piece of. shit. I just oh, I love don't when you say think, that. I love when you I, say that. You need to I just don't. That. I just don't think he like so elite piece of shit club on this show so far is now Brett Kavanaugh and Urban Meyer. Brett Kavanaugh can't make fun of himself either. He can't make a self deprecating joke. It's not. It's not even possible. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just don't. Um, I don't know exactly the, what to make of this. Uh, so, Don, he's because he's the urban cowboy. He's he, he's the urban cowboy. How do you not know who Aaron Donald is? <laughs> it's absolutely, it's absolutely, it's criminal. That's criminal. Yeah. Uh, so what what uh, Herb needed to do was go to Mike McCarthy's barn and learn about the <laughs> NFL and figure out figure out what was what was going on. Uh, Shout out to Jason joining us here, joining us here for the live stream. Big, big football guy. So welcome. Welcome, Jason. Glad, glad to have you here. Yeah, a lot of people were like saying, oh, Urban Meyer was joking. He was joking. No, he, he, he wasn't joking. And not make fun of himself. <laughs> um, and as a reminder, he kicked the kicker. <laughs> yeah, that was that was messed up. That was messed now, up. Man. The Matt Ryan news was March 21st. Okay. Urban Meyer was March 22nd. And then it all disappeared. It all disappeared. What up, Joe? It all disappeared because on the 23rd, Tyreek Hill got traded to the Dolphins out of the blue. Completely out of the blue. So, Cleve, what was like your first sort of thoughts when this was happening and you were hearing about this? Because remember, it was either going to be the Dolphins or your Jets. I got a little excited. <clears throat> <laughs> for like a second and then i realized that uh that wasn't gonna happen um he's looking at 
the upside. Obviously, Tua is better than my guy. He's figuring that same division, and he can probably help himself to to some wins, you know. So yeah, I mean, you're picking you're picking New Jersey over Florida. No state income tax. Kind of warm weather all year round for the most part. New Jersey's seasons. So yeah, I didn't think that was going to happen with us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when it came out that it was going to be Miami or the Jets, I was like, well, it's going to be Miami, right? I mean, unless the Jets just offer a great deal. But the thing is, the Jets could not offer a deal as good. Um, actually, that's not true. I think in like the draft value chart, the Jets offer was a little bit better, but because the Dolphins included another first round pick, that's more valuable for the Chiefs because they can get that fifth year option on whoever they take, which mm-hmm. they need because they're going to have to pay Patrick Mahomes eight hundred million dollars a year when they redo his deal. Mm-hmm. So they need rookie contracts for longer. So I think the Jets they could have ended up in this draft with picks thirty. 34 and 36 maybe and it's they they end up with 29 and 30 and the Mm -hmm. Jets offer would have been better in general but for them because they can keep those two players for five years that ended up being that ended up being better Don missed the Tyreek Hill news when it happened yeah man this stuff was coming out fast and furious when it was yeah when it was uh when it was going on so he goes to the Chiefs send Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins what did you think about this move for the Chiefs who me? Um, yeah, you. No, no, the other co-host. Yeah, you. <laughs> well, uh, first I thought something happened where he wanted out, um, and I don't know if that maybe he asked for more money. Usually that that's kind of what it is. You you, you kind of go back that's to the exactly well, and you're like, hey, so uh, <laughs> I need some more money, and they're like, no, and and you try your wares on the open market and see what what you can fetch. So I, I thought that initially because I was like, why would why would they let him go? And I didn't remember what they let him go for. Um, what was the it picks? Was, man, I, I didn't I didn't know what it was. I know they got the Dolphins first round pick this year. This year, okay. And they That's, got I mean they got they got more than that. I don't think they got two first round picks for him. I think mm-hmm. like maybe a second next year as well, but they got it was it was good. What okay. what they got. Like they got they didn't get fleeced or anything. So the Chiefs now are down to Travis Kelsey, who's 32 in a tight end, which means that when it goes, it's going to go fast. Remember Jimmy Graham? Jimmy Graham was the man, and then he was at Burger King, like, <laughs> within, like, six months. When it goes for tight ends, it really goes. So they got Travis Kelsey. They have Miko Hardman. Byron Pringle left and went to the Bears, so their problems are solved. Demarcus Robinson left and went to the Vikings. They brought in Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So they have Juju, MVS, Travis Kelsey, Mecole Hardman. That's not particularly imposing. Mm. When you had a weapon, I mean, we saw that guy get in gear. I mean, there was no way he would have left the building without something else. Yeah, so he did. He wanted more money. And so Devontae Adams got this huge deal from the Raiders and became the highest paid wide receiver in football. And Tyreek exactly. was like, I should be the highest paid wide receiver in football. And the Chiefs correctly said, no, you shouldn't because Devontae Adams is overpaid. But the thing is, Devontae Adams is overpaid because Christian Kirk got $18 million a year oh. and reset the market. Yeah. So now all of them are overpaid. Mm-hmm. And it's insane. Like the Jaguars screw up signing Christian Kirk and the Packers lose Devontae Adams and the Chiefs <laughs> lose uh, Tyreek Tyree Hill. Now, 
What did you think about this move from the Dolphins uh, side? I, I thought it was great. I mean, they're they're stacking their chips. I mean, they're rebuilding. Obviously, they're they're getting out of a um, situation with with Flores, and you know, hopefully that that's blown over. Or it's you know, if it's true, you know, we're gonna see what's going on with that at some point. But that that story died down quickly, so there's no more of that for right now. Yeah, I'm not so sure that it died down. We just had all this other news come about, and I think that mm-hmm. it's like into the legal process now. So like Brian Flores isn't going to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so I think the league's not going to talk about it. <laughs> what are they going to do? Keep bringing exactly. it up. Exactly. So yeah. I think lawyers have advised Brian Flores. Now like now you don't talk about it anymore. And mm-hmm. then so now there's not somebody out there pushing it. But I don't think that like the lawsuit's going away or lost steam or anything like that. It's just going to mm-hmm. resurface again as it goes through through the legal process. Mm-hmm. So so obviously. You know I'm not a tour guy. I'm not a tour guy. Um, yeah. And I think that's the weak link on that team because they did get better by getting Tyreek and yes. um, the existing um, people that are, that are there. But, again, I just don't think Tua durable um, for the most part. And I, I just think that he's not a top 15 guy. He might be exactly 15. I never go through and rank the quarterback, so I never have to answer <laughs> these definitively. But he might actually be like number 15 and a half. Like he might be right right in the middle. Um, 16 and a half is in the middle. I don't know. I was told there'd be no math. Um, so, yeah, so something I noted about this trade. At first, I didn't like it for the Dolphins. Basically, if you trade for a player and then sign that player at a market rate, you have overpaid for that player. That's a point that was made eloquently by Adam Harstad on uh, Twitter. So if you give up all the draft picks and everything to get Tyreek Hill, that's you paying for him. If you then turn around and give him uh, a huge contract that like he deserves, mm-hmm. now you're way overpaying because you give up the draft picks and the money for him. So at first I didn't like this trade, but you mentioned something really um really interesting about Tua and how this is going to work out for him. The Dolphins last year had the worst offensive line in the league. And that's a league with the Bengals in it. And we saw what happened with the Bengals in the Super Bowl and their offensive line. The Dolphins mm-hmm. were worse, run blocking and pass blocking. So there's that. They signed Teron Armstead. They probably signed like some guard that nobody's heard of, but he's probably pretty good. And they'll draft somebody in the third round. So they'll remake their offensive line a little bit. The running back last year was Miles Gaskin. Cleve, tell me one thing about Miles Gaskin. Is he still in the league? <laughs> I, who knows or cares, right? And that's kind of the point. So they bring in Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert, both of whom are starting level running backs in the NFL to replace Miles Gaskin. So that's a huge upgrade there, right? Um, Mike McDaniel, who was the offensive coordinator at the 49ers last year, you know, has Jalen Waddell. He can use a bit like Debo, probably not straight handoffs, but short and down the field. They bring in Tyreek Hill. They have Mike Gesicki on the franchise tag this year. We will know about Tua after this year. We can't know right now which one of us is right. Like, I can make a strong upside case. You can make a strong downside case. But we really can't know right now. But a year from now, we will absolutely know about Tua because of how this team is being constructed. And that makes this move really smart because if he sucks, they know they have to move on. And the coach knows one year into his term, which is important because he's only going to get three if it goes terribly. So yeah. he's got to figure that out quick so he can switch to the next thing. 
Okay, fair enough. You know, I, I having Fitzy come in for him to mop up <laughs> was the proof that I needed, but what do I know? So yeah, you're right. We'll well after this season if like this experiment works, if okay, you're a starting guy or you're backing up somebody. Right. But then again, my strong upside case is that the offense was geared for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ownership forces Tua in before he's ready. So he's trying to run an offense. It's not designed for him, but the coach doesn't think he should be in there. It doesn't go well. Well, who would have expected anything different? Now the coach is designing the team for him. He's expected to be there. He's expected to do well. And the team is way more talented all around him than it was before. So, like, like it could happen. Like, Tua could actually be very good, and he could be Jared Goff. Like, we literally don't know, but we're going to know this season. Fair enough. Uh, so we got multiple first-round picks for Devontae and Tyreek and all these other draft picks and concessions and everything for Devontae and Tyreek. Do you remember what Bill O'Brien traded New Hopkins to the Cardinals for? Oh, was it jelly beans and a bag of hash? Oh, uh, yeah, that's actually it's actually right. It was actually oregano. He really <laughs> got a, he really got a, screwed on that one. No, it was a second-round pick in David Johnson. David Johnson, the running back? <laughs> yes. <laughs> is he still in the league? Uh, yeah, he's still in Houston, at least as far as I know. I mean, he lost his job to Rex Burkhead, but yeah. Um, but wow. yeah, as far as I know, he's still he's still Amazing. he's still kicking around. But did you did you see that um the Brady Payton um Dolphins connection speculation? Did you hear about that? No, no, I did not. What's up with that? So if I remember this correctly, Tom wanted to be an owner, uh or well part ownership like a stake in the dolphins and he would have gotten Peyton Sean Peyton that is to uh come in to coach the team and he may have played one more year for the dolphins um which would have been amazing i think that's is exactly yeah he was going to be like an owner player slash like how um the game was it's like Malik wants to be an owner player <laughs> so um yeah that was the that was the speculation he he wanted a stake in the team. This is before, like, during, like, the um, the whole thing, the 40 days, whatever, that he was hashing out what he was going to do. He wanted to, you know, get a stake, stake, stake ship in the Dolphins, and then he was going to play one more year um, with Peyton. Sean Peyton, that is. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. Um, in, in that division, like, you really want to take it to, to BB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's... Man, but stay in Florida, but stay in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, that's what exactly happened. What um, Paul said. So, and then the, 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 the Flores news blew it up. That's what, that's what happened. Wow. Was it, did it just happen today? The speculation come out today? No, no, this was, uh, if I remember, this was a couple weeks ago, like maybe a week, week or two ago. They talked about my this. goodness. I am. Way too busy yeah. drafting best ball and dynasty teams right now. I need to <laughs> pay more attention to my football yeah. conspiracies. Thank you, Paul, for um, for throwing that in because um, th- I remember that that that's what they're saying that blew it up. Man, that's too much that's heat for crazy. Brady to deal with that. So as I was planning the show, I sent Cleveland email with the topics today about four hours before the show begins because that's what I do. Uh, and I said, was there anything else that I left out? And he said, yeah, when you talk about how Dan Snyder was taking all the money, and I have to admit, 
I don't know what he's talking about. I remember now, like there was some sort of dance night or something, and people were all enraged, like upset mm-hmm. about it. But I just assumed there were like more allegations or something. Like, so what is going on with this? Like, he's stealing money. What's happening? So, here? so apparently, and this is all allegedly. This is political football alleging what we've, what I've been hearing. So basically, over the last ten years, so a decade, um, they've been submitting two sets of books. To the NFL, so the ownership share. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, they 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 were caught cooking books. At least that's that's the story on the street. They they were cooking books. So like the game share revenue. So like when a team plays in FedEx Field, yeah, is that their is that their stadium mm-hmm. FedEx Field? Mm-hmm. Um, let's say it's a college game. They they took the proceeds from the NFL games and they piped it in to the college game, so that the revenue. From the NFL games weren't as 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 much, so it's to the tune of a few million. I think I wanted. I don't know the number. I, I heard five or something like that. But it obviously I don't know if that was just for one year or if that's the over the stretch. But um, stealing is stealing, and when you're in an ownership pool of money, it's a real scumbag move. That you know every you know you're getting one of thirty two. Everyone's contributing to your success. You're getting a piece of everyone's money. Right. Of course. So yeah. Um uh yeah. So there are two sets of books cooking. Um amazing story. It's still developing, but it's this is like congressional oversight now. Like this is like big. This is like big, man. I mean, he's gonna end up losing his team because toxic work environment. All he needs right now is a racist, a racist rant to trifecta this thing. And it just blow it all up. Nuclear option. You, you know, there's one out there. You know about having to change the name of that team. He's got something just cooking, just amazing. Like, yeah, like you know, he's got yeah. something. We're like, I don't know. He's the Seminoles are going to invade FedEx Field or something. Like, you know, he's got something. Yeah. So something they were diverting going. a lot of funds from from um, proceeds of like the college games and or or other games that are happening at FedEx Field, and they were yeah, there he is right there. Yep. Yes. This so, guy needs to be on the show, Paul. You need to be on the show. <laughs> he knows. He knows what's yeah, he's going got, on. He's got. He's got. A, he's got all the info. Yeah. So uh, yeah, when I first Notre moved Dame to DC, when I first moved to DC, uh, Notre Dame came to play Navy at FedEx Field. So Paul, who went to Notre Dame, we won't hold that against him. He's a big Notre Dame fan. Uh, he came and we went to the game, and uh, it was a fun time. But I didn't know we were like. Are we wait? Are we like partner to a felony now? Was that? Yeah, yeah. You got you guys were aiding and abetting. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, that's one of the games that they were talking about. Like that, that the proceeds from that game um, wasn't equally shared because again, it's it's happening in your stadium, and you got to kick up kick up the envelope to the other teams. Stupid, bro. Yeah, that's um, (laughs) uh, uh, little little behind the uh uh behind the scenes thing here so paul from the chat here friend of mine and then my dad don they do get along however my dad hates notre dame the way that like like way more than he hates jared goff i mean he look more than ohio state like my dad really hates notre dame and so he does actually hold the fact that both notre dame against him which is really funny <laughs> but conversely Paul does not like Tesla, and my dad loves Tesla, so they can just so it, argue back and forth about everything. So it's a wash. It's a wash. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, 
one's a small mid-major football program in Indiana. The other is a major car company. I mean, yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> Spoiler, I don't <laughs> like Notre Dame either. Um <laughs> All right, Jason here with a with a with a with a really good comment uh, for the people listening. Jason says that McDaniel comes from the Shanahan coaching tree. I don't think it's a stretch to see Tyreek take on a Debo Sammy role this season. This hides to and creates major problems for any defensive scheme. I actually completely agree uh, with that take, and not just with Tyreek, but also with Jalen Waddle. He's got two players that he can use, like Debo Samuel, but who can also just burn down the field as deep threats. So I think it creates like a really unique situation and unique offense for them to be able to to plan around. And I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Gesicki actually makes the Pro Bowl as a tight end this year, just because like he's seven foot nine and runs like a four <laughs> six. So if everybody's got to watch Tyreek and Jalen Waddle who can get the ball anywhere on the field, you're probably singling up on Mike Gesicki with a safety or a linebacker or something, and mm-hmm. that's uh that's gonna be a problem. All right, so we got Dan. We got Dan Snyder as a total scumbag. Was there any other major news that we miss? Apparently, Tom Brady wants to buy the Dolphins. Urban Meyer doesn't know who Aaron Donald is. Dan Snyder steals money. And um, I want to send out a um, a, a heartfelt condolences um, to the family um, of the NFL player that lost his life. Um, you guys know who he is. Yes, so, our uh, our uh, Nate, DMV native Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, I I met him once, um, two years ago at work, and um, really cool kid, big kid. I mean, I was like, wow, this is big dude. He's a very yeah. big dude, and um, had a about a good maybe eight minute talk with him, just kind of like you know talking to him because uh, uh, he was training at the facility uh, with some of the uh, trainers that I'm friends with, and uh, I just it was just it seems surreal that uh. That he passed away, you know. I mean, and yeah. and then some of these idiots out there were talking about his his play on the field. Uh, he's four years into gonna well, he was gonna be four years into a, a playing career, and some of these assholes has never even put on a helmet. And you know, to talk to talk that shit about somebody who lost their life is it was very distasteful. I, I don't want to name names yeah. on the show of of who, but it was it was total bullshit. And oh, it was a you know, Gil Brandt. And uh, Adam Schefter didn't do himself much, much, uh, many favors either. It wasn't as bad, but it was definitely Gil Brandt. Gil Brandt is the name of the person of the main offender. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's just it's just messed up, man. And, you know, I um I just look at it as, you know, football is um, well, sports in America, you know, larger than life. But these people are human beings. You know, they have families, they have friends, they have parents. You know stuff like that, and um, to to have your life taken from you at twenty four, it's pretty yeah. tragic, man. You know you oh, haven't absolutely. begun to live yet. You know, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it really doesn't matter, like that he wasn't good as an NFL quarterback. Like who, who like who cares? Like you know, like that's not that's not at all important to yeah. what what happened here. So yeah, I'm with you, and um, you know, I sent this to uh to you and Matt. But I just want to, you know, have it be known here, you know, you know, a lot of respect to Dwayne Haskins for 396 yards, six touchdowns, no picks against Michigan in the 2018 game, the 62-39 shellacking. Um, and that Michigan team was 10-2. and two. That was no pushover team. So he may have mm. struggled in the NFL. He did not struggle in college. Yeah, I mean, Boy, and again, 
<laughs> and again, you know, some of these guys taking taking shots, and I'm like, do you do you know what he does for a living? Do you know how hard that is? That's one of 32 jobs. That's yeah. a very hard job. <laughs> so yeah, you know, and again, he was for, going into, into his fourth year. Who knows if there was going to be a snap turnaround, whatever? But you know, it is what it is, man. And he was drafted way too high by apparently a guy who's stealing all the money from the NFL. Well, I mean, we know right? like, Dan is good for fucking paying Albert Hainsworth. <laughs> yeah. All, all I'm saying is that, like, it's clear that the Washington Commanders are not a strong organization, right? Like, so, like, what if he falls to the second round and goes straight to the Steelers and sits behind Ben for two years and then is coming in? Yeah. Like, is he success then? You know, like, it doesn't matter how he was because there's so many factors that go into it. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter when somebody dies tragically. Um, so that's what uh, that's what I'm saying here. So here's the thing. Jake says, still going. This podcast lived long enough to become the villain. Jake, we are only an hour in. Let me tell you something. You're from <laughs> Southern California. You've got the short attention span. Just bouncing back and forth between your Dodgers and your soccer and your beaches and your beautiful family or whatever. For some of us, we have a long commute to go help people get tours of the Lincoln bedroom. And we need a nice long podcast to help us get through that. Okay. So, you know, I'm, you know, we don't all have perfect weather, you know, thank you. Um, so there's no real easy way to transition from the tragic passing of Dwayne Haskins to me being super excited that the lions are in hard knocks. So we're just going to get into it. RIP Dwayne. Um, so the lions are going to be on hard knocks. And if this was a few years ago, I would actually be very excited. Like that uh that crazy Todd Haley, Hugh Jackson, like fighting each other. I wish they would have fucking played that. I so wish we got the uncut version. It just like had like a, a crazy cut, like you're like, oh my god, we just missed something. Yeah. Uh and then or the Joe Philbin having to fire Ocho Cinco on television. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh the Jarrell Revis holdout and Rex Ryan just swearing nonstop about it that was awesome but last year we got jerry jones putting salt on his breakfast sandwich (laughs) so jer i don't and like Dak prescott and zeke elliott getting themselves gifts or something like i think if we had the original hard knocks the good hard knocks dan campbell would be fantastic for this because you know who's going to be just He's going to be on camera. He's going to be all over it. He's out here talking about biting kneecaps and he wants a live lions as mascots. And I mean, but like, he's also going for it on fourth down correctly a lot. Like I, for, for some reason, um, like I, he, he would just be absolutely fascinating. It'd be Jared Goff's third time in like five years on hard knocks. So, yeah. Um, but you know, like it, it could be interesting if they decide to make it interesting again and not feature, the third string guard trying to make the team like they did for the the Cowboys last year. So here's my thing about this. If you guys are on a losing streak, you guys are on a losing streak, right? And like what content, like what what is it going to be? Like, what are they going to do? Oh, oh, they're going to do a whole lot. Okay. So, cause here's the thing about the lions is that the Lions are never good, but we always have some good players. So 
the Lions are going to continue losing probably until the heat death of the universe. But <laughs> TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, Amon Ross St. Brown, and potentially Malik Willis at the number two pick, the quarterback out of Liberty, will all be like super relevant for fantasy, which means people will watch to try to get a feel for like how much how much share of the backfield is DeAndre Swift going to get? And like is TJ Hawkinson healthy again so he can be get passes and Oh, is DJ Shark going to take away targets from from Amon Ross St. Brown? For the players, it's going to be interesting. Also, Amon Ross St. Brown is named Amon Ross St. Brown. I have a feeling he's interesting. <laughs> like I, I just yeah, you can't you can't have a name that damn work at Seven Eleven or some shit. Like you yeah, got like, you got to play right, football. You got to right, play or, something or if he was, like that. Right, if he was the personality type to be like I don't uh. Like, I don't, this name's too flashy, whatever, whatever. He would just change it. You know, he'd just go by like AR, right? He'd be A and Brown. I'm, hey, I'm AR Brown, like AJ Brown, right? Uh, by the way, AJ Brown is named Arthur Juan, and he should never go by AJ. <laughs> I would hit everyone yeah. call me Arthur Juan all the time. Wow. Just, oh, hey, it's Arthur Juan and Cleve here to host political football, like all the time. Yeah. So I think he's probably going to be pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to finally see the Lions on it. I just really hope we get, like, a vintage. And also, yeah, it'd be great if there was, like, some huge fight. Yeah, this draft, Malik Willis, number two, he comes in. He's winning the camp battle. And he and Jared Goff just get a full-on fist fight. It'd be amazing. I doubt that. <laughs> because Jared Goff knows better? Yeah. yeah he, <laughs> he ain't slapping. He ain't slapping. Uh, he, He's not slapping uh, <laughs> my man like that. No. Uh, no, he is not. Also, I might be hinting a lot that I want the Lions to take Malik Willis at number two, and this is a huge turnaround from when this was first suggested to me. I was adamantly against it, and now I'm pretty much completely in the bag for it. So uh, next week when we do our draft preview, it's going to be very interesting to see what's uh, see what's going on and what the rumors are because I am uh, excited. Oh, by the way, tease, we will be live streaming the first round of the NFL draft two weeks from tomorrow. So we'll pitch that even more next week and everything. But here we will be live streaming the first on the NFL draft. And keep in mind, the Lions pick at 2 and 32 and the Jets pick at number 4 and number 10. So our teams are going to be right there. Also, our teams are the Lions and the Jets. So we're probably going to be angry. (laughs) (laughs) I know I am. (laughs) Actually, I might not be. The Lions tend to draft good players and they just not do good. Um, The Jets, though, um, actually – they you guys might pass on fucking Randy pick. Moss. You 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 guys pass on Randy Moss. Fuck that. Yeah, but you didn't pass on Jeff Lagerman. So, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, man. Too soon. Um, <laughs> do you think when Keyshawn Johnson sent Blair Thomas a copy of his book, Blair fumbled it? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um. By the way, you guys didn't pass. You guys took Keyshawn Johnson first overall in like the best wide receiver draft in history. So yeah, but Keish- yeah, Keyshawn was good though. Yeah, not as good as Marvin Harrison. Uh, I mean, he had Peyton Manning <laughs> or Carol <laughs> Owens, <laughs> who who had uh, uh, Steve Young. Um, Steve Young. Yeah. Um, yeah. All I'm saying is the yeah. Jets are worse at drafting than the Lions. Eric Ebron exempted. I mean, that's pretty bad. We we need a downfield passing threat to take pressure off of uh, for Chad off of uh, um, Calvin Johnson. Should we draft Odell Beckham? No, let's draft Eric Ebron. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, things like that. That could be on hard knocks. That'd be that'd be fine. Speaking of the draft in Detroit in 2024, the draft will be held in Detroit. Big week for Detroit when all this news broke. Um, clearly, I'll be going. Uh, I expect half the chat will be going. I'm going to try to talk people from not in Detroit to come to Detroit to go. Cleve, um, try to get you uh, so you can see the glory that is that is southeastern Michigan. Get you over to Ann Arbor for a little bit. Henry Ford Museum, learning some history. All right. Motown, USA. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited for the draft to be to be in in Detroit. You know, growing up, my dad and I would watch the draft every year from start to finish. A couple years when I was real little, we went to the Silver Dome for like the Lions watch parties uh for the draft. I mean, it was it was super fun, but we never made it to Radio City for the draft. Um so to have it come to Detroit is just awesome. Yeah, no, like, you got yeah. If it's in your if it's in your hometown, man, you got you got to be there for that. You know, you yeah. No, it, it's gonna be, it, it's it's uh it's it's gonna be awesome. So I'm excited about that. Would you go to the draft? Like it's hard for you because you're from Northern Jersey. It was in New York for so long. It wouldn't yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. like interesting if it came back. No, uh, no. Well, that's the thing. Like it, people from that area, like it's not exciting. Um. It's just not, you know, people go, but they go to be mad. <laughs> That's why I'm going. Because when the pick comes in, everyone's like, oh, and then everyone's pissed, <laughs> it's pissed off because Woody, Woody never does the right thing. So whatever. No, uh, Woody Johnson may be still a bigger criminal than Dan Snyder. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see. Are you ever um, let that go? Am I going to let Woody Johnson committing treason against the United <laughs> Kingdom? For Donald Trump, go. No, I don't hey. think I will. <laughs> um, I mean, I know we used to have beef with the United Kingdom, but that was quite a while ago. They're kind of the homies now. I don't think we can just be committing treason against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my question for you, Cleve, is what quarterback do you hope the Jets take in 2024 with the first overall pick? Well, I actually, to, to, to admit live on this, on this, I haven't looked into um... – because I, I, you, I think either you or someone said it wasn't a very, a very big, heavy quarterback draft. It was more. No, no, no. I said twenty twenty four. When oh, I'm 2024. Yeah, oh, twenty twenty four. Yeah, because by then Jack Wilson will have been a full bust. He'll be gone. He'll still be terrible, <laughs> and he'll be picking first overall. So, like, are you looking at Caleb Williams, JJ McCarthy? I think I think we're we're gonna have Zach still. <laughs> we're gonna have Zach still. <laughs> You're gonna take a guard out of Grambling. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. All right. Uh, last thing we're going to cover uh, in this episode is a preview of the USFL, which starts this Saturday. So we're getting spring football. I'm very excited about this. The football probably going to be trash. New Jersey generals go. Yeah, exactly. All right. Cleve's all fired up. He's, <laughs> he's got a squad and everything. All right. He's ready to go. Um, That's the game. That's who's playing. New Jersey generals. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, against the Birmingham Stallions. Something like that. They're definitely playing Birmingham because it's the the only home team. Um, but spring football again. Last, we had the AAFL and it disappeared and it didn't work out. And then there was something last year and it disappeared. XFL, I think, and it disappeared and it didn't work out. But this this league has nothing to do with the league from the early '80s, which Cleve, I'm sure you know everything about because uh, you were like 30. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Actually, I shouldn't. I shouldn't joke. I think Don was almost thirty in the early eighties. I should be careful. <laughs> um, um, 
the has nothing to do with with anybody associated with that, which is good because Trump owned the New Jersey team. But they brought back like the the uniforms, the names, and all that for eight eight of the squads. And this mm-hmm. league is fully uh, backed by Fox Sports, one hundred and fifty million dollars for three years. Wow! So we're going to get three years of this league, um, which will give it a real chance to get going with games broadcast mostly on Fox, but also a couple on NBC. See, that was the problem for the what was it? The AF? What the fuck was the league? AAFL. That the problem was like you couldn't find their games for shit. Like you would be like, "What channel is on 862?" It was like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm dead serious. Like you, you, like I wouldn't even know where the games were, and it lasted three weeks. But yeah, they didn't have a full hedge like this. Like I mean, you know, 150 million behind you, it's pretty good. At least uh, you're gonna Don pay pointed, the players. Yeah, Don pointing out that the Michigan Panthers were uh, one of the teams then and one of the teams now, and that the Panthers won the first championship. So. Uh, Detroit does have a pro football championship. Thank you very much. <laughs> who, who did Herschel play for? Oh, that's and a great did, question. And who did Steve Young play for? Uh, Steve, that, I, Steve Young played for a team in 1985. I can't remember what, what, who the team was. Um, and, yeah, and he had, took his, yeah, Herschel, Marcus Dupree went to the USFL. Yeah. Originally. Yeah. Um, Some guys came out of that. Yeah. Did Anthony Carter go there first? The uh the, the uh, USFL, Minnesota, the Minnesota Viking, Viking Anthony Carter, mm. yeah, the University of Michigan Anthony Carter. Thank you. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, I don't. Yeah, I I don't know. Anyway, they had uh um, yeah, they had some uh some people. We got AC Carter here. Joe says, um, this league does not have it. Does not have Herschel Walker. Um, this league does not have. A lot of top talent, not yet, Bobby anyways. Hebert. But oh, Bobby A. Bear, all right, yeah, all right. Uh, Tampa, and apparently, Tampa, yep. Tampa, yeah, Tampa Bay Express, um, and but, he, but not uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks, yeah. And he parlayed his uh, um, uh, salary uh, at the time, and he, he made some, uh, some, yeah, Walker play for the generals because he was Trump's boy. Oh, yeah, and he still is. <laughs> we mean that in the kindest way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it kindly at all. Um, it, it, it is this is political football, so yeah. Yes, yes, no. Herschel Walker is Uncle Ruckus for Trump. Clearly, <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no getting around that. I mean, he's just wow. He's just awful. I mean, um, I have all the compassion in the world for his mental illness, but like Pete Davidson says, having a mental illness is not an excuse to be a jackass, and Herschel Walker is an asshole. So, and I don't think if his brain was working exactly right, he would not be an asshole anymore. And if he would be, well, then I guess we'll ever find out. And Don's um, oh, dropped Kelly. some knowledge. Yeah, play for the Houston Gamblers. Wow, Don's, I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Don's job. That was the other league. That was the other league, man. You know. Yeah. No. That's uh. Yeah. So this league doesn't have anything uh quite quite like that. So the structure is there's a North Division, a South Division, each with four teams. Uh, I think they all play each other once uh, for seven total games. Then there's be uh, semifinals and then a championship games. So it'll be about 12 weeks or so, I think, in total yeah, for, they, for everything. Yeah, they pretty much like accelerated their season so like we don't have to yeah. drag out bad play. So well, And they want to be done before training camp yeah, so that their players have a chance to go, jump, go to jump the NFL. Ship. So let me see here. I got a couple. Make sure I get my, make sure I get my notes here exactly right. Cleve, do you want to start by discussing some of the players and coaches or the rules changes? Rules changes. 
All right, rules changes. Now, when these rules first came out, Cleve in the private chat was talking a bunch of shit, and I wasn't happy because I'm because I really like these changes. So uh have have at you, sir. Uh here we go. First things first, after a touchdown, there are three options. You can go for one, you can go for two, or you can go for three from the 10-yard line. This is a huge deal because it means being down 18 is no longer absolutely a three-score game. It can conceivably be a two-possession game if you convert two three-pointers as well. It also means... If you're down 21, you don't need to put the ball in the end zone three times. You can kick a field goal and then put the ball in the end zone twice and still tie the game. So this rule should lead to more exciting finishes because teams won't ever actually be like they won't be as far behind Mm -hmm. as they were uh, as they are in pretty much every other form of football. Mm. That's it. Just mm. you you were talking all this shit in the chat. No, I mm. see. I'm not a I'm not a betting guy. And that's that's exciting for you know uh, DK and 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 FD, um, but for me, I like I like my I like my football NFL style. You don't think the NFL should put in a go for three from the ten yard line? No. Oh, this no. is legit. I don't. Oh, I don't. Awesome. I didn't even agree with the NFL changing the overtime rule. I I I stand on make the stop. I stand on that. It's the reason why we keep score. So I'm okay. I'm I'm a boomer. I'm a I'm old school with that. I'm uh, old so with that quick, quick digression because I actually forgot to change the overtime rule and going yeah. through and playing all the things that we missed. Um, yeah. So the NFL, as far as I know, they changed it so that each team's guaranteed a possession in overtime yeah. in the playoffs, um, which is a which is dumb without any other changes because now it just switches the benefit to the team that gets the ball second. Like it takes the exact same benefit the team that got the ball had and just gives it to the other team. You know, like were the NFL owners walking around Palm Beach being like, wow, why do teams at home in baseball get to bat in the bottom of the inning? That doesn't make any sense to me. How come every team in college football chooses defense first when it's their overtime? There, is there anything to that? No, probably not. This is going to be our rule now. Like without some other change to go along with it, this rule – just shifts the like the obscene advantage to the second team away from the first team. So it doesn't actually solve the problem. It just switches who who has the problem. Now they might be able to do something with you know change something else to make it a little bit better, but um it just it, it's not good in and of itself. No, I and again I I, I stand on what the old rule was. But or make, is or whatever it but, was. Yeah. But I think the reason that make the stop is a boomer take, um, and I don't mean that pejoratively. I mean not completely. <laughs> uh, is that defenses used to actually be able to make stops a lot more easily, right? Mm-hmm. Like when Deacon Jones could give you a concussion when he was rushing the quarterback, it was a lot easier to make the stop. When Ronnie Lott could hit someone with a baseball bat going over the middle, it was a lot easier to make the stop. But the way the game was designed now, it is much harder to make the stop. So the expectation to make the stop has to be a lot lower than it was in the boomer heyday. And so mm-hmm. that's why I think it's shifted. If you had asked me this in 1987, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had an opinion because I was four. But if I could have had an opinion, I would have said make the stop, right? Mm-hmm. Like Because it's Steve Atwater and Joey Browner. Nowadays, I don't think make the stop is actually fair. I, I 
actually don't think they even expect somebody to stop Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> you know what I mean? See, the rule change was made because the two teams that got fucking shut out were was they were high power teams and they were teams that were kind of like Super Bowl mount. That if if that wasn't the case, this rule wouldn't have never been changed. Yeah, those guys cried about that bullshit. Yeah. Huh? They weren't gonna change it for the Steelers and the Lions. Exactly. Yeah, they they fucking cry because the Chiefs like, oh fuck this, we could have went. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, dude. You know, look at Buffalo. You know, like it, it, it's just I get why they did it because they want they want the fan base to be happy, but again, it's like you know, I'm it's like like for instance, right? If you run up the score, like if you're if you're up like 40 points and you're and your starters are still in. That's bullshit. You know, get the other guys in. But if you're if you're still chucking it downfield and you're up 60, 68 to like three and you're still doing that, then that's Bush League. But then again, if if you're running a score up on somebody, make make the stop. Uh, second quick digression that I swear we'll get back to the USFL. Running up the score does not exist at the varsity high school level or higher. Like it, it just doesn't. Like, just you should absolutely like you might want to pull your starters and backups play. Yeah, yeah, pull, your, yeah, pull your start. Yeah, pull your starters. But you should but, call the same offense. Yeah, right? I'm still like, going to score should, touchdowns. You should try <laughs> to score as much as you possibly can yeah. with, with, with absolutely no mercy. Like, if I were the head coach of Alabama and I was playing against uh, some small school, Eastern Michigan, uh, Middle Tennessee, Notre Dame, I would try to score as many points as possible. I would try to put 100 up. And then when somebody complained about it, I would just say, well, they got their check. They got what they came for. If they don't want to play us, they don't have to play us, but they like yeah. the money. Yeah. You know, we're happy to play, we're happy to play Michigan and Texas and USC every single week. Right. Yep. But they need money. And so they got destroyed. And then the NFL, same thing. I just I have I like none. Now, seventh grade football, like, yeah, like don't like come on. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> but varsity or higher, no, forget about it. Just yeah, absolute so destruction. Yep, make make the stop. <laughs> yep. Uh, Jake, by the way, uh, just right, right in my head, you know, make this up used to be useful, but the NFL saw offensive oriented and rule changes too heavily favor the passing game at the expense of the defense. And that's, I mean, that's yeah, really that's the right. point. Like, that's right, Jacob. Yep. Also, overtime is at the end of the game. So defensive players will be more tired than quarterbacks, right? So they're even bigger disadvantage by that point. I just, I don't think make the, um, uh, Make um, stop. Yeah, make the stop is just as useful anymore. Sorry, I saw this from Paul, who said the inherent uh, advantage is smaller this way, which is probably mathematically true, but it's not true enough to solve for this. Like nobody, like nobody's going to ever correctly take the ball first in overtime. Now you will always defer in overtime. Exactly. There, yes. There's no nobody will ever take it first, which means that the that they just switch the advantage instead of finding a way to try to make it even, which is more or less my my point. It probably is not quite as big of an, an advantage, um, but we didn't all go to Notre Dame, nerd. Like, we don't all quite know, like, the math on the top oh, of our man. heads. Um, uh, but, yeah, that's why uh, uh, I just – I don't I don't like that overtime, that overtime rule change at all. I do like these USFL rule changes, though. So we've got the ability to go for three which is awesome. And as Joe says, anything that makes the games more exciting, uh, he's, he's for, so am I. The second one, though, overtime will consist of three alternating two-point conversion attempts with the points leader winning the game. If the game is tied, it will become sudden death on two-point attempts. 
doing too much, man. It's a this shootout. Like, this it's is a shootout like soccer or hockey. This is it makes this sense. This is pouring this is pouring fruity pebbles into your fucking cornflakes and like it's a big mess. Like oh, uh, that's awesome. That fruity <laughs> pebbles and cornflakes is good. That's diabetes. <laughs> no, I mean most most things that are good are yeah. Um, but yeah, have you never had fruity pebbles and cornflakes together? No, no. I mean the fact you, that you, you never been to a Denny's. No, I've never been to a Denny's. But the fact that you said that, man, it's criminal. It's criminal. No, criminal is pouring the milk first and then putting the cereal in. That's criminal. Yeah, yeah. I that's actually un-American as well. Yeah, so, I have a I have a friend. Uh, shout out to James who will put on one sock and then that shoe. And oh then no, the other sock and then the other shoe. Yeah. Um. And if I didn't, if I only saw him do that and knew nothing else about him, I would just assume he was a serial killer. He's not. He's awesome <laughs> and like super kind. But that's that's crazy. That's that's crazy. Mixing. Fruity Pebbles and cornflakes is not is not crazy because cornflakes are bigger, and so you get the mix of the textures together. Like it's it, just try it. Um, oh man, okay, yeah. Anyways, um, political football where I convinced the personal trainer to eat Fruity Pebbles and cornflakes <laughs> together. Um, there we go. Yeah, I'm not. I don't really care too much about this overtime thing, but I do like the idea of a shootout style for yeah. overtime, and I do want to see it in action. So I would like to see if it works you know what i mean like that mm-hmm. would be and this is the place to see it. this is the place to try it okay the next rule is that two forward passes behind the line of scrimmage are legal any like any two during the entire game uh, any any play you can any pass the ball forward behind the line of scrimmage twice wow so for example you can um like so say the quarterback rolls out right to his right and he throws a screen uh, behind him to a wide receiver, and the receiver is backed up behind the quarterback, so now okay. the receiver can throw it downfield, right? Okay. Now yeah. that wide receiver can be in front of the quarterback as long as he's behind the line of scrimmage. Oh, okay. So, okay. Right. Okay. Right. right. Uh, so you could even throw, a, like, a quick screen to a wide receiver, and he could just turn and throw it himself. Yeah. Um, You could do a double reverse, throw it back to the first reverse guy who can then throw it again downfield. I've always wanted to see two legal uh, two forward passes behind the line. Honestly, two forward passes on any given play would be insane. Um, like it'd be really like, fun to see. I wish it sounds like on rugby. It sounds yeah, like I rugby. Wish you on Madden, but <laughs> behind the line of scrimmage, this is going to be cool. Like, uh, if we get some innovative coaching, we're mm-hmm. we're going to see some really really cool plays. Well, we're not because the camera's not going to know what's happening. These yeah. like other football cameramen are going to try to track this ball and not be able to find it, but it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Um, two more here. The uh, next one is that you can go for an onside kick or have a fourth and 12 from your own 33 yard line. And if you convert it, you get to keep the ball. If you don't, the other team gets the ball at wherever you're stopped. Oh, wow. See, Again, man, it, this this dilutes to me. This dilutes football because the only two rules that I like are college rules and NFL rules. I don't like Canadian football rules. You know what I'm saying? So this is like to me like Canadian football shit. Like this is this is like this is like gimmicky shit to me. Sir, listen to me. I know that you're like a boxer and you train people for <laughs> boxing. If you disparage my Toronto Argonauts one more time, but like. You know, keep the Toronto Argonauts name out of your mouth. 
All right. I will. Like, you cannot be I will. The CFL is awesome, and I will hear I will. no slander against the CFL. The CFL is legit. 110-yard field. Seriously. You can get a running head start as a wide receiver before the play, as long as you don't cross the line of scrimmage first. The end zone is 20 yards deep. You could run a corner post from the one-yard line. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This it's is awesome. <laughs> if you – Call a fair catch, you give up a point or something. I don't know. Yeah, it, anyway, yeah it's, it's awesome. Just, it's too much to follow for me, and I think that's what it is. Maybe in year two of this thing, and I'm seeing all these these innovations play out. Maybe I'm like, oh shit, this is dope. But he like reading about it, I'm like, what is this gonna look like? Yeah, I I um, I mean, I would never kick an onside kick because no, you never get him. So no. the chance to go for a fourth and twelve from your own thirty three. I'm doing I'm sure if you're in the position of needing an outside <laughs> kick anyways. Yeah. The outcome is, is, yeah, you might as well go for it. Yeah. Like, so yeah. I, I really like that one. Uh, Jake's had a good question. We'll forget to, after I get this, uh, the last one out here, Kate Cleave, tell me what you think of this one. Instead of officials measuring down in distance, um, with like the chains, they're going to put a microchip in the football that will report the placement of the ball to the officials. I've always said that. I've always I've 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 said that for years. You know, because you know Matt didn't like uh the chain gang, which I'm like, I didn't have any problem with the chain gang, but he's he's like since this sport is over a hundred years old, we shouldn't have a chain gang. But I know football with a chain gang. But I've always said that because when it comes down to ball placement, that costs games, you know. A fourth and a fourth and one versus a fourth and six. I'm sorry, a fourth and uh in three, it's huge. Fourth and one in a clutch situation, you're going. Fourth and three, you're like, shit, it's three yards. We might right. not, yeah, well, this game is over, you know. But right. if if the chip if the chip says, hey, this is where this is where we got to place this ball. So how, oh, man? So how are they gonna like? Is the field outfitted for that shit? That I, the ball. I, you're asking you're asking the wrong person. All I know <laughs> is that if they can if they can do the shit in tennis, they got to be able to do it in football. They can do it True. in soccer. Like they have True. to be able to do it in football, right? It can't be that hard, it can't right? be that hard. Like we can launch a missile from Chicago and hit a target within like three inches on the on the other side of the world. We have to be able to tell where a football is down, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I'm I, I like all these rule changes, even like the overtime one, I don't think I'm gonna love, but I at least want to see it in practice. Yeah, because maybe I will, but there's only one way to know, and that's to see it. Um but the going for three, I think, is a great thing. And then Jake asked a good question here. He says, how do you see going for three from the 10-yard line play out? Will it be more successful uh, often enough to forego one point or two point? So the NFL, historically, a two-point conversion is about a 47% proposition. A extra point <laughs> from, from where it's at <laughs> um, <laughs> is – is like 94%. So it lines up like that. I wouldn't be shocked if the going for 10 was like the same for going for three from 10 was like the same equivalent. Right. Um, otherwise about going for like shooting three pointers in the NBA where it's really all you should do. You should either shoot three pointers or dunk the ball. Everything else is a waste of time. So I think it's probably going to be more, more like that. Now, Paul made a point earlier where he thinks that none of the coaches are going to be good enough to, uh, to like actually, do they take advantage of these rules, and I think that might be the case. I think that could be could be the problem. Too much uh, innovation. I haven't seen this yet, but Cleve's cracking up. Uh, Cleve, not his old school boomer. Uh, he <laughs> thinks with uh, being for using new technology that is of the devil. All right, <laughs> it's good. Well, 
Thanks, Jacob. Yeah, I mean, That's great. <laughs> yeah, I uh, like they used to say a thousand years ago in England, medicine is sin. You know, you just got to be afraid, got to be afraid of what you don't know. Um, okay. Uh, before we get out of here, just a quick rundown of the players, some coaches, things to get used to for this new league. There's no Jim Kelly. There's no Herschel Walker. The first overall pick in the entire draft was Shea Patterson by the Michigan know. Panthers. Who's that? Uh, exactly. No, he was a quarterback <laughs> at Michigan, and he single-handedly has cost Nico Collins and Donovan Peoples-Jones millions of dollars because he can never throw the ball to them, and so they're like fifth-round picks. Um, <laughs> uh, however, however, he may have already lost his job to Paxton Lynch. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was like a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. So uh, we have a quarterback <laughs> battle between Shea Patterson and Paxton Lynch for my Michigan Panthers. But don't worry. Their head coach is Jeff Fisher. So I got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. But, yeah, so that sucks for me because the Michigan Panthers are probably not going to win. But New Jersey has a team, as you mentioned. They have the Generals. Uh, their quarterback is five foot ten. And with the Tarleton State, and their head coach is Mike Riley, so you're also doomed. Yeah, I. That's three things that don't go with quarterbacking. Five foot ten, and what school? Tarleton State. Where the fuck is that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I did. I didn't bother to look. Uh, no. Notice I also didn't put his name down. <laughs> um, he was the fourth overall pick in this draft, by the way. Oh man. Uh, no, so Trent Richardson. I'm, no Trent Richardson? <laughs> no Trent Richardson in this one. Wow. I'm, poking a little bit of, I'm poking a little bit of fun here. Uh, there is some decent skill position talent in here. There's some good wide receivers, good in college, a couple played a little bit in the NFL. Isaiah Zuber from the Patriots is in here. Uh, college football fans remember Cavante Turpin from TCU. He's like four foot seven, but runs like a three, four forty. <laughs> but he's so wow. small, but he's awesome to watch. Uh, he's like Tavon Austin. He actually is just like Tavon Austin, but Tavon Austin was in the NFL for years for some reason. Um, I think that the team that's going to win is going to be the Tampa Bay Bandits, and I think it's going to be because of their head coach, Cleve. Who is the head coach of the Tampa Bay Bandits? I'll give you a hint. We brought him up earlier talking about hard knocks. Oh, talking about hard knocks? Uh... Yeah. And the past hard knocks and how we liked them. Oh, Rex? I mean, not Rex. No, it's not Rex. Okay. I was like, shit, Rex is... And it's not Hugh Jackson either. It's the guy who almost gave him the hands. Todd Haley? Todd Haley. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Todd Haley's the head coach of the Tampa Bay Bandits. And he is probably, like, by far the best head coach in this league. Kevin Sumlin's the head coach of the Houston Gamblers, I think, which is not bad. But I think Todd Haley probably is far and away the best head coach in this league. And for that reason alone, Tampa Bay to win the whole thing. Yeah. Jacob makes a good point, Doug Flutie. But Doug Flutie is an outlier, you know, because he was a Canadian great as well. Yes. uh, Doug Flutie also won the Heisman Trophy at Boston College. He did not go to Tarleton State. (laughs) You know, there are some priors here to look at. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. If a quarterback wins the Heisman Trophy – I don't care how tall they are. They should get a shot to play in the pros. How's that? Yeah, yeah. We'll just, yeah. We'll just call it that. I agree. I agree. If you're good enough to win the Heisman Trophy at five foot seven, you're probably good enough to play in the NFL at five foot seven. At least good enough to get a shot. Yep. Okay. Um, 
So that's the USFL preview. Game start this weekend. Uh, DraftKings is doing a full USFL slate this weekend. I'll definitely be playing that. Paul's going to be playing that too. I don't know if he committed to that yet, but he'll be playing too. Um, $12 buy-in, $100,000 the first. If you're interested in trying DraftKings, a good time to try because uh, nobody knows what they're doing because nobody knows who's playing <laughs> or who the people are or what kind of offense they're going to run. Like nobody knows. So time to come in, swing, and try to get a $100,000. Um, Clegg, before we get out of here, do you have anything else that you wanted to touch on? No, I think we covered everything. Um that we needed to uh it's great <clears throat> looking for there's like i i have to give you your flowers that i said to you at the end of the season that <laughs> there's gonna be this is gonna be a quiet fucking off season and boy was i wrong <laughs> uh yeah i mean i didn't want to i didn't want to bring that up uh myself <laughs> just because like like i knew like i knew you were so wrong at the time <laughs> that, like it would be rude for me to bring it up now right <laughs> Um, oh, so, so no victory lap. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. I didn't want to like take a victory lap on it because I was just like, man, this is gonna be. It's gonna be something. Um, but yeah, so we got a lot of stuff though. But we got it covered here. Um, we'll be back next week, Wednesday night, doing uh probably eight thirty again, mm-hmm. doing a draft draft preview again. We're live stream on YouTube if you're listening uh, on the audio version in the description, the show description. I'm going to include the link to the youtube page so you know like subscribe click the notifications bell all that so when we go live you get the notification so you know that that we're uh that we're on we're, next week we're gonna do a draft preview we're gonna go over some of the top prospects to each position we'll go through and review a mock draft that i think is probably not absurd i'll try to find one um and we'll uh, really get people prepped and ready for some of the top prospects in the draft the following week thursday we'll be right back here live streaming the entire first round. Uh, so that'll be that'll be a fun time. And then we'll set up the rest of the offseason schedule after that. But that is the plan from uh, from here on out. So, Cleve, thank you so much for uh, being here and uh, doing a great job as always. And uh, I will see you later. All right. Thanks, everyone, for, for taking time out to, uh, to support the show. Uh, we appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. This has been fun. Peace. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on political football are those of Cleve, Dave, and their guests, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Political football is exclusively owned by Cleve and Dave and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.